0: And our salvation. Amen. God's precious grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto each and every one of us this day from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text is our gospel lesson. I would reread this difficult section as the second half of the gospel as we heard again It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, hell is real. But the good news for us today is also heaven is real. Our text places before us a clear separation between the two and a choice, if you will. Please don't be offended by my words, but have you ever heard somebody use an off-handed expression, ah, oh, go to hell? The sad and terrible thing about using that kind of an expression, even as offhandedly as we sometimes have heard it, and I have heard it, and I imagine most of you have as well, is the person that says that rarely has the slightest idea of the severity of what they are saying. Hell is real. Have you ever seen the TV program called Dirty Jobs? It's a, it's a strange program, but it, it, uh, I've caught it a couple of times. Anyway, the star of the program uh, usually every week takes you to a place to do a very difficult or challenging job called a dirty job. Uh, he's cleaned out pigsties and he's worked in slaughterhouses killing animals and done all sorts of very unusual jobs. Well, now imagine that you had one of those challenging jobs. And now imagine that you were experiencing the worst punishment that you could experience here on earth. Uh, Solitary confinement, life imprisonment, or maybe worse, imprisonment in a concentration camp uh, as a prisoner of war. Now add to that... The worst death that you can imagine, perhaps being burned up alive or some horrible form of cancer or leprosy or something of that type. Now add all three together and you have not experienced hell. Why? Because they all end at death. And at death, you and I have been promised by Jesus Christ himself the most wonderful place in the whole world. In the words that we all know so well, in John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whatever we're experiencing now on earth, whatever illness, whatever difficulties, whatever problems, they are nothing. Why? Because we have the promise of a blessed reunion with our Savior Jesus in heaven. They all end when this life is over and we can be sure that God will welcome us To a most blessed place in heaven. That's why Jesus gave such strong warning to the disciples. And to us in our text today. Strong warning because he wanted us. All to see the dramatic difference. From one to the other. So that there's no doubt as to which one would we desire. If you offend a little one who believes in me. It would be better, and he doesn't say the word hell this time, he said, it would be better if a millstone were put around your neck and you're thrown into the depths of the sea. Because if you offend a little one who believes in me and cause them to lose their faith, that would be a damnable sin. And then he goes on to the various parts of the body, the foot, the eye, the hand, each one suggesting that it would be better if you didn't have one and you still could go to heaven again. Whatever suffering, your body is restored in heaven. You'll have a glorious body again. But you wouldn't be in eternal damnation. In a recent gospel lesson from Mark 7, maybe you remember it, There was a debate over what was clean and unclean and the disciples were eating food that the Pharisees were unclean and all of that sort of stuff. And what does Jesus say about that? It's not what comes from the outside and enters the body that makes a person unclean, but it's what comes out of the body that makes us unclean. When we say in our confession, a poor, miserable sinner, I confess that I am. That's the truth of what we are as a person. And what do we deserve because of that? Sadly, we deserve nothing from God. And yet his grace, his mercy, and his love is showered on us. Through our Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus was saying in that text from Mark 7 that you and I are sinners and deserve no mercy. The actions that come from us should take us to the place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. You see, the problem with hell, it is eternal. It is an eternal separation from God. And it never ends. You don't go to hell for a day or a week or a month or a year. You're there for all eternity. Can you think of the worst person you know? Do you really want them to be there in that place forever? An old story is told about two men who had a lifelong quarrel. They hated each other. They fought about everything. They said evil things about each other. And then one of the men was told by a doctor that he was dying. And so he called his arch enemy, who came to his bedside. And he said, they told me I was dying and I want to end our quarrel. I want to make amends before I face my maker. I forgive you for all the terrible things you said about me. The two men shook hands. And the men was about to leave. And the fellow on his deathbed got up in his elbow and he said, but if I live, the whole thing's off and I still hate you. We can hold grudges against people for things that have done in years past and things that they've said in years past and dislike, even hate that person for Ancient history. What does Paul say about that in Romans 12? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. Do not overcome evil by evil, but, be o- but overcome evil with good. Our epistle lesson talked about it. Do good to all persons. Spread the gospel by who you are. Not just by what you say. We pray for the eternal salvation of all people because of the horrors of the alternative. St. Paul tells Timothy in his first letter, chapter 2, God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth about Jesus' love for them. Paul called himself the chief of sinners. He had persecuted the church. He had caused people to actually die and had witnessed as Stephen was stoned to death in the scriptures. That's why he hated his sin. And yet he knew that Christ had died for him and that his salvation was sure. sure. He knew that because he believed Jesus' words which said simply, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's what Jesus tells us. In Luke 16, Jesus tells the story about a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. Maybe you remember the story. Both men die in this story, and one is in heaven, the poor man, and the rich man ends up in hell. Not because he was rich, but because of the way his life had lived and what he believed in. And in the par- in the story, the rich man crawls out from hell and he says, send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water that he might cool my tongue for I'm in torment in this fire of hell. And what is he told? He is told that there is no way that Lazarus can do that because there's a great chasm between heaven and hell. So that no one can go from heaven to hell, and no one can go from hell to heaven. Now having that in mind, think about what the Pope did at the time of Martin Luther. He sent men around the then-known Catholic world to sell indulgences. Those indulgences were to pay for your eternal salvation. If you bought an indulgence for Grandpa Jones, who was a terrible character, you could get him out of hell and into heaven. Or if you like, you could purchase an indulgence for yourself and assure your salvation by those funds that you paid. Now, in the midst of all that selling, Tetzel described hell even worse than I did. The terrors of it and all the rest. The truth about hell is frightening. And many people bought those indulgences. How was the church able to justify such a lie they felt the end justified the means before what they wanted to do was to build the most enormous cathedral in the whole world St. Peter's in Rome and it was accomplished a few years back my wife and I had the privilege of visiting Rome and we went to St. Peter's and it is immense if you ever have a chance go and see it. It is 720 feet from the front door to the altar. That's two and a half football fields in length. It is 490 feet wide. That's another football field and a half wide. And if you stand in the middle and look up at the dome at the top, that's 486 feet to the fantastic artwork done by Michelangelo. That's another football field and a half tall. It is immense. But as I stood there, I couldn't help but feel sorry for the thousands of people who had bought those indulgences so that that place could be built. Persons who believed they were buying their own or a loved one's salvation. We cannot escape hell through our contributions. I don't care what you give to church today, no matter how much you haven't bought your way into heaven. I'm sure many other pastors have made that clear to you. You cannot get there by no, any amount of good works, but God welcomes you into heaven by his grace, through his love. He wants all of us to be with him in heaven. Why else would he suffer and die upon the cross? Why else would he give up his only begotten son? If not because of his great love for you. We can trust the words of god when he tells us for all have sinned you and i both all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes from christ jesus romans 3:24 martin luther fought against the wrong teachings of the of his day and we must continue to share the real truth of God's word with our generation. Hell is real and its terrors are something that no one should experience and the good news is no one has to. We can all look with anticipation and joy and excitement of spending eternity with our Savior Jesus for sure. By grace alone, through faith alone, through scripture alone, we're the watchwords of the Reformation. And those three places we can count on today, God's grace, God's word that is always true and the faith that he has planted in your heart at the time of the baptism that takes you to heaven. I pray God that you share that good news with all you know so that everyone will be with you in heaven. May God grant it for Jesus sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Unto life everlasting. Amen. We receive the offering to the Lord at this time.